At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Arts Access Florida podcast series, When Freedom Brings. In this six-part series, we speak with our Black and Brown community on what has transpired in the art world since the emancipation of slavery on June 19, 1865. We have open conversations on their experiences as people of color and their contributions to art, community, and education. The series highlights their continued efforts to move the needle forward. This is when freedom rings. Welcome to episode five of the Arts Access Florida video podcast series, When Freedom Brings. Today, we are speaking with Lily Samuels, the president of the Afro-American Historical and Genealogical Society here in Tampa. We discuss how finding her own family roots started a career in understanding genealogy, the power of DNA, and the importance of Black families being able to know where their roots come from. Here's the episode. Hi, Lily. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, thank you for this opportunity to share my story with you in reference to genealogy. No problem. I'm super excited to learn more. So would you mind telling the audience just a little bit about yourself? Okay, I've been studying genealogy since 1984 Mm -hmm. and have devoted many hours of time and research. I've given presentations, conducted meetings, workshops, and anything that is going to help the African-American community to be able to research and find out about their family history. Awesome. So can you take a little time to explain exactly what genealogy, what genealogy is and how it works in tandem with DNA. Okay. Because there's a lot of confusion about that. Yes. Yeah. And it's important to know that. Genealogy is the study of studying your family lines, your ancestral lines, mm-hmm. as far back as you can. And along the way, you'll find clues that'll help you to search even further. And um, DNA works with that because it helps to prove what you found or assumed might be. DNA really tells that, yes, it is. Okay. So DNA basically solidifies your findings. Yes, exactly. Okay. Makes sense. So what got you started in it? What got you started in taking the steps to find your own roots with your own family? I have a friend by the name of Wayne Hunter. Mm -hmm. who introduced me to genealogy some years ago. It may have been around 1984 or maybe even a little bit before. Uh But I really um, started being interested in it more when I found my grandmother at nine years old in the 1900 census living with her mother. They were living in a doctor's home. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was listed, my gra- my great-grandmother was listed as a cook there. Okay. And just to be able to find my grandmother's name, which I never knew because my, my great-grandmother's name, because my grandmother never spoke of anyone in her family. So oh, it just okay. wasn't anything that we talked about. So I didn't, I wasn't encouraged or even motivated to 
to research that. So when I found my grandmother at nine years old with her mother, then that sparked an energy for me to learn even more about my family roots. So you wanted to learn more about your ancestry. So how did you go from learning about your grandmother and then taking it forward? How did that come about? Well, uh, I spoke to my mother and Mm -hmm. my aunts to just verify. I said, hey, did you ever know your grandmother's name? Uh And they said that, yes, they had, but it wasn't anything that they wanted to talk about in the Mm. family. Um, And then I find out that my grandmother didn't like to speak about her family experiences and things of that kind. And I contributed it to, there was really nothing to really be proud about. Mm -hmm. And some of those thoughts were probably painful, knowing that her mother was enslaved Right. And probably had heard and seen things. And at that time, they, they just, and I find that there were several families, African-American families like that, that did not want to speak of their past. Yeah, they wanted to just kind of start from where they were. You got it. Yeah. And, you know, have a fresh start. And, um, but that encouraged me more because I felt like we need to know this. Right. We, we need to know our past. And so with with that, I felt like it's nothing that I'm ashamed of. That was our past. Yeah. And we have to embrace it, look at it, and go forward and make sure that it doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Do you want to take a little bit and explain to people how you found your great-grandmother? Like go into it in some detail? Yes. So after I found her in in the 1900 census, I Mm -hmm. started asking questions. And and I said, well, why why was my grandmother and great-grandmother living at a doctor's home? Mm -hmm. And the, uh, the answer was that she was the cook, is what I had said a little earlier, but that um, that family, Dr. Thompson, mm-hmm. became um, a continual acquaintance with them and contacting. Mm-hmm. The 1900 census was taken in June. Mm-hmm. And in that same year, in September, that's when the 1900 flood, the Galveston flood, that was, it's documented as the worst flood to date that has happened here in this in this nation. Mm-hmm. And so I wondered where what happened to them after 1900. Obviously, they both survived because mm-hmm. I find them later on. And my grandmother, if she was not living, I wouldn't be here. Right. So when I find them again is in the 1910 census. And they're in Beaumont, Texas, which is about an hour and a half away. And, and and so my grandmother married, and they had eight children. One of their daughters was sickly. Mm-hmm. And what I understand is that Dr. Thompson mm-hmm. uh, was uh, able to perform surgery on their child, okay. my aunt. And, uh, and then not only that, I find out that when my mother uh, found out that she was going to have me, she contacted Dr. Thompson, and Dr. Thompson found a 
OBGYN that was going to deliver me. So there has always been a contact with that family. And I remember uh, my grandfather had a church in Galveston and in Beaumont, Mm -hmm. and they used to travel to Galveston quite often. This one particular time when I was a little girl in the Mm -hmm. car, my mother and her sister were driving in, and I remember them saying, let's go drive by Dr. Thompson's house. And and I I don't think that they were living there or they had moved from, but they wanted to see that house. And I remember the joy inside. It was nothing that was something negative. They were happy to go by that that house. But like I said, every little clue gets you a little further. Takes you a little bit further. Yeah. And that's why it takes a while. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of work. Yes, sounds it sounds like, but it's kind of exciting. It, it is exciting because mm-hmm. you find out, and, and it helps you to develop a story right. about your family Yeah, and try to fill in the gaps. And an important story. An important story. Yeah. So your findings allowed you to connect with family you didn't expect. Um, can you tell us a little bit what that experience was like? Yes, it, it, it is, and that's hand-in-hand with the DNA. Mm -hmm. You see, when you take the DNA test, um, your DNA is in a pool, and it, based on the centimorgans, how strong they are, will determine what your, um, that actual relationship, what the relationship is to you. What was that word? The scent of? Centimorgan. Okay. It's like, it's the how strong it is, the uh, DNA. Okay. It tells you how strong you have a a relationship. Like how much of a match. Yes. So say, for instance, um, the latest one that I found out that I never knew about Mm -hmm. was a brother that showed up. And in my DNA, and typically when you have someone that matches you, the company lets you know that you have a match. Mm -hmm. So you have an option to contact that person by email. And so I received this email and saying, uh, you know, saying that they would like to be able to talk to me about the DNA. Mm -hmm. And um, I answered and come to find out he was very high, higher than anyone that's on my tree. He was like 1900 and something. Oh, wow. So I knew that he had to be a half-brother. And we communicated, and um, he sent me his, he didn't know his father. He was actually adopted at birth. Okay. And so through that, I was able to, let him know that, yes, you know, you my have sibling. And he sent in a uh, birth certificate that he received because he was in the process of something happened with his adoption, which then they had to redo. Mm-hmm. And with that, they were able to give him his original birth certificate, which showed um, a Claude Graham, which is my father's name. So I told him for sure, yeah. Oh. And um, he he looks a lot like my father as well. So, uh, but that, that was a surprise. And then I received a notification from a, a third cousin is how it was listed. But I knew it had to be a, um, her father was probably my half sibling. 
And then I was able to solidify that, that that was for sure. Mm. And then a sister that I knew about, my father told me I, I had a sister named Gina, and I always looked for Gina, but I figured she probably got married in a different last name, yeah. but she took the test too. And that's when I was able to find out that um, she was, that I found that she contacted and we were able to confirm that she was my sister. So I have had quite a few surprises. Yeah. Are these, so when we spoke earlier, you mentioned that you were able to have kind of a family reunion. Are these some of the people you were able to meet? That's a different side of the family. Now, um, the one that you're referring to was uh, my mother's side of the family. And um, we kind of suspected that uh, through research mm-hmm. that um, we kind of knew the family where um, that had enslaved us. Mm-hmm. And, but through DNA, they showed up as well. And some of them were more liberal, mm-hmm. and um, some of us were more liberal. The two sides that were liberal decided to come together in a family reunion. Mm. And so we had a blended family reunion in Alexandria, Louisiana, where the enslavement took place. Uh We visited the lands, we visited the cemetery, and uh, just really had a great time together. Uh Yes, and so we still are in contact with each other. Through Facebook is how we keep in touch. And in 2019 is when we got together. Mm. And so we um, always hope that we can get together again. That's awesome. It that's, is. that's really cool that, you know, a, a situation that obviously no one wanted to happen or, mm-hmm. you know, people obviously don't want to be enslaved. You were able to kind of find a a silver lining in it and create, you know, a whole new family mm-hmm. and a group of people to exactly. have a community with. And and there was so much love mm-hmm. at that family reunion. Yeah. Uh, one of them said, we always wondered what happened to you all. Yeah. You know, so that it was good. There was some that um, were very starch, didn't want to have anything to do with it, but you know, we still were able to have a very good time. Yeah, and that's okay. You never know what might change in the future. Exactly. You know, sometimes it takes time. So this is really exciting. So really, DNA and geology have really played such a huge role in your life. Do you mind telling us about one of your other projects, the cemetery project? Oh, yes. This now, is a big one you work with. That is the big one, and... Um, to continue that story, after I found my grandmother Lucy mm-hmm. and my my great grandmother Lucy and my grandmother Lily, who I'm named after, mm-hmm. and I found them in Beaumont, Texas, and my grandmother was married and she had, had she was having children, and uh, then in 2000, I'm sorry, in 1914, mm-hmm. I find that. She's deceased. Lucy is. And so... And Lucy's your... Great-grandmother. She is the cook for the doctor. Right. And so 
<laughs> I started researching and uh, decided to request the death certificate. Mm-hmm. So I ordered the death certificate. And when it came, it showed that she was buried at Evergreen Cemetery. Okay. And I knew, because I lived in Beaumont as a child, in Beaumont, Texas, and I knew everybody was at another cemetery, Blanchard Cemetery, and that's on on my grandmother, out on my grandmother's Compton side, which her that was her her married name, and all of the Comptons was at a different cemetery. Mm-hmm. But it was in the same city, so I said, well, why is she in Evergreen? I never heard of Evergreen Cemetery. Yeah. So I started researching and was able to find an article about Evergreen Cemetery. And it tells the story of, of these three church members who had often talked about going to the um, area where they thought it was some homeless people there. Mm-hmm. But they decided, oh, we've got to go back there and encourage them and invite them to church. Well, they, they finally did it. And when they were returning is when I guess they were relaxed and started looking down, and they said, that looks like a grave. And they started seeing several graves. And come to find out, it looked like an abandoned cemetery. Mm -hmm. So this was a Sunday. That Monday morning, one of the ladies, Sandra Will Turner, decided, I'm calling the city. She's a retired nurse. Mm-hmm. Call in the city and see if we can get this cleaned up. We should give respect to these people that are buried here. Mm-hmm. So that became a, a journey that she never thought she was going to take. Right. And uh, But she's still involved with it today. So talk, she had on that article, it did have, she had created this foundation to raise money to be able to get it cleaned up and do some other improvements that she dreamed that she would like to have happen. So after talking to her and listening to her struggles, I knew, I knew that she was going to need something that gave her proof mm-hmm. so that it would open up some doors. So I started researching to find who was buried there. And at that time, I was able to find 125 people. Oh. So I hurriedly got that together as quickly as I could within a few months. And this was copies of the death certificates and and um, information about them and had put it into a, a booklet for her, dedicated to her for the work that she was doing. Mm-hmm. And I um, sent that off to her and it did open up doors. It's allowed her to join uh, several groups that were involved with cemeteries and even designated as a historical site. Oh, so the Evergreen Cemetery is now a historical site. It's a historical site. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and so she's uh, very dedicated to it. Doesn't have anyone in her family that is buried there, Mm. but she feels very strongly about it. When I would work on it at the main library here Mm. in Tampa off of Ashley, uh, I uh, one of the librarians said, hey, let me get this published for you. Mm-hmm. At that time, they were really still looking for a lot of literature and 
and information about black history. Mm-hmm. So she she put that uh, together and published it for me. But since that time, I um, I continued because I knew it was other people. I had to hurry up and get that done. Right. And so I kept searching, and to I stopped this time as at a thousand and eighty people that has been found to have been buried there. And there's still more. There's still more because wow. after I stopped, I said, let, let me look through some more. And I saw that there were others, but I didn't add them to wow. it. Because I stopped because I wanted to tell the story about those people that would probably give an idea of who was buried there. Mm-hmm. And I was able to find a few that are in the um, slave documentaries that they had, had recorded. A couple okay. of them are buried there. There is um, a few shootings. There's one person who was even hung. Mm. Uh, there was one where one of the riots in Beaumont took place because this in, this black engineer was working at an oil refinery, and he was accused of, of raping a white woman, mm-hmm. which caused a riot where they had to call in the uh, security to come and 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 also uh, place a curfew because it was both sides were very angry. Right. Well, the engineer, the black engineer, died, and shortly after, the white lady did say that she falsely accused him. Mm. But that's the kind of stories that happen. That's not the only one. Right. It's happened several times. Yeah. And um, those things we need to know. Mm-hmm. And um, on both sides to see that this is not how we should be acting. Right. We we are here and should be yes embracing each other. Right. We're all here for a short period of time. Short period of time. Waste a lot of it. Yes. Fighting and hating for no reason. For no reason at all. Falsely accusing. Mm -hmm. Just to for what reason? Yeah. To end a. A life. Which, but see, this know. is the thing. It's just like during Reconstruction. Mm-hmm. It was frightening that black people made such progress in such a short period of time. Mm-hmm. We were in politics. We were owners of businesses. And uh, every industry, we were there. And all of a sudden, it was like, well, how could this happen? Mm-hmm. They were not allowed to read, right? How could they be making so much progress in such a short period of time? So that's why immediately they started thinking of how can we curtail this? Mm-hmm. We have got to stop this. We're going to lose our power. Mm-hmm. And it's always the power yeah. that's the driving force. Yep. Yep. It is. Sadly, things we're still struggling with today. Today. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, it's just it's happening in different ways, mm-hmm. it's, but it's all the same power, money, mm-hmm. yes. you know, which is unfortunate. But I I'm so excited for all the the work you were able to do there, and that that gives us an opportunity to hear more of these stories, and mm-hmm. hopefully, people become more enlightened and understanding. Because I think there's the you bring up something that. I think about a lot, which is people don't actually think some of these things really happened, mm-hmm. but the more the stories come out and the more it happens over and over and over again, I think it 
makes people wake up. And I think we have been having that progress over the last three to five years, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is really great work because it's another it's another space of information that hopefully people can learn something. So let's talk about your work now. Mm-hmm. You are the new president, which yes. congratulations, of Thank the you. Afro-American Historical and Geneal- Genealogical Society here in Tampa. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about what that work means? Okay, well, I have a friend, a couple friend. Um, it's uh, Andrea and Bob Wimberly, mm-hmm. and they introduced me to Afro-American Historical and Genealogical Society. I had been researching for some time, but I never belonged to an organization. And they had belonged to an organization in, in, in Philadelphia before they moved here. And they found a chapter here. Mm-hmm. And so when I met them uh, shortly after they invited me to be a member of that organization, and um, and since that time, I've been active with them. I've held, so I have held um, the program director, and then I held vice president and program director together okay. as one position. And then in June of this year, the group uh, voted me in as the president. So the term started actually in September. And um, but it is an organization where like-minded people come together. We discuss roadblocks we may be having. We invite speakers to come in and and speak to us about things of interest, history as well as genealogy. Mm-hmm. We talk about new improvements to the tools that are out there and how to use them. We have taken trips together, uh, historical trips together, mm-hmm. and um, we um, we do workshops outside uh, for someone who may want a presenter of something of that kind. Awesome. But it's, it is a wonderful organization. It's a national organization, so there's several chapters around the nation. And do you guys as a chapter, I'm just curious, do you, do you find certain projects kind of like the Evergreen Cemetery? Do you find different projects that you work on specifically? Not as a group, but <laughs> some of us are involved in them. Okay. Like the Zion uh, we have a couple of people that's involved with that project. Okay. Um, I, uh, with my involvement with the um, with the cemetery I'm involved in, mm-hmm. I I can't I don't have the the time the to put yeah. into that, but definitely have my support and encouragement, and um, so very proud of what they're doing here. Can you sp- explain to us a little bit about some of the tools that you mm-hmm. use and even some of the ones that are accessible to everyone yes. um, in case they want to get involved or are interested in finding out a little bit more about their family history? Of course. Yeah. When I first speak to someone about genealogy, I take them to FamilySearch.org. Okay. And because it's a free site... It's a little bit more involved with researching, but some things you can put in the name and it will bring it up. Mm-hmm. There's also tools where you can look through something like a microfiche 
are a um, are a, a all the images that you can flip through to see what you um, are looking for. Mm. It takes more time, but that's the free one. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what I start out because the other sites you do pay. Right. Yeah. Everyone knows of Ancestry. There's a lot of commercials about them mm-hmm. and the DNA. They do it all. Mm-hmm. And with the Ancestry and um, with your family tree on Ancestry combined with your DNA, it's a great tool to bring those two together that they will show you, hey, you match with this person and this is their tree. Yeah. And you can look to see if you recognize anyone and where where the uh, ans- the common ancestor meets together awesome. so it's and then 23 and me is another yes that you can use there's several out there but the um, for researching there's my heritage and uh, so there's several out there so what would be some great advice you'd give to someone who's just starting out in research and, you know, maybe they're overwhelmed or they're not finding as much information as they thought? Mm-hmm. What's some advice you, you'd give them? That's a great question. Yeah. Because what you'd want to start with is what do I know right now? Mm-hmm. There are some um, family um, uh, research sheets that you can put down that has you put down your name your date of birth, if you know if that person is deceased the day that they passed away, who was in their immediate family? Was that person married? Did they have children? And information about those children. If there was aunts and uncles, you would add their information on a sheet of their own, and then at least you have it down where those clues will be able to take you further. You use that information and you develop your family tree. And if you are on Ancestry, once you put that information in, then their search engines are also trying to find. And you would get like the hints that um, the leaves that they refer to. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck. I hope have anyone listening, I hope good luck to you. Yes. It's a journey. So why do you think it's so important for black people to know about their ancestry? Well, because I think it builds strength. Mm-hmm. It bring it brings about that inner strength that has been that's been taken away from us for many generations. Even though some of us are doing much better in life and able to pull ourselves up and make progress, that negative energy mm-hmm. is still lingering. Yeah. And I can remember my first DNA test with, was with African ancestors um, and um, a- African ancestry. And it is a DNA company that went to Africa and got samples throughout the whole African continent and bring it in their database. And when I had, that was the first DNA that I had done when it Mm -hmm. came back, I found out that my maternal, which is what a female can check, my maternal um, line came from Cameroon. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, when I got that, I can't it I can't it, it give you the words to let you know how I felt 
when I found out that I know where my family is living, some of my family is living right mm-hmm. now, my ancestors are, that's where they're living now. Maybe they've moved or whatever, but that's where they're living right now. Because for many years, my whole lifetime, I heard people say, oh, I'm going to Italy and visit my family. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Germany and visit my family. I'm going to go to all these very Japan or, you know, Korea. They know where their family is. Yeah. As enslaved people, we don't know where they came from. Mm-hmm. Documents were destroyed when they came over after, after emancipation. Documents, it's, it's why it's so hard for us to trace back mm-hmm. past um, 1870, because that's the first census we show up. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so it was just a feeling I can't explain. It gave me so much strength and determination yeah. that I'm, nothing's going to stop me. Now. Yeah. Every step, you gain the strength nothing's going to stop me, and you just keep going. Knowing yourself is such an important part to, like, your story and figuring out who you are. It doesn't Mm -hmm. define who you are, but it can help you decide the kind of person you want to be. And for so many people, that is a privilege that they just don't have. So Mm -hmm. it's a very important thing for, I think, everyone should have the opportunity to know about their ancestry. For sure. And um, I hope that they hopefully by listening to this it'll help them find a way that they can start if they don't know already definitely yes so i would love for you to just let everybody know how they can get involved you know if they want to get involved with your tampa chapter Mm -hmm. where can they find you yes we have a facebook group page and it's OGS, uh, that stands for Afro-American Historical and Genealogical Society, A-A-H-G-S, mm-hmm. Tampa, Florida chapter. It's a private group, but you can ask to uh, join. join and we will accept you. Because we feel like if you want to be a part of us, there is a reason you want to get involved. We do meet virtually every second Saturday of the month. We can add you to that list so that you could take part in our meetings and involved whatever we do. We do have a membership. It's combined with the national dues as well as the chapter dues. It's $50 a year to be a Mm -hmm. part of the AUGS chapter. here in Tampa, and that includes national. Wow. Okay. And then they can also contact me directly. My email address is l-d-o-n-z-e-l-l-s at msn.com. If you have any uh, questions or want to get involved, you can certainly contact me that way as well. And I thank you for this opportunity to be able to share this important story. It's something we really need to learn more about and Mm -hmm. get more involved with as we continue our journey throughout this this time on earth. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. And I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and we'll see you in the next one. Thank you for listening to the Arts Access Florida podcast series, When Freedom Rings. 
You can listen to all episodes wherever you stream podcasts or watch all episodes on our YouTube channel. Just search Arts Access Florida. We can't forget to thank our sponsors, Community Foundation Tampa Bay and Gobiaf Foundation. This series was created by Malika Hollis and not possible without the help of Adriana Rodriguez and more. This is a product of WUSF Public Media. Copyright 2022, WUSF Public Media.